Hey, 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 it's Neville Medora with the Friday, June 24th, 2022 Stupid Email, which of course stands for Swipe Thought Uplifting Picture Interesting and Drawing. So let's get started. So you may have seen these in the Stupid Email before, but this is way more comprehensive. So in the 1960s, Volkswagen did this ad campaign, which featured some clever marketing judo. And what they did is they turned this laughably small and funny looking beetle into the top selling car in the world. And just look at these awesome ads starting in 1960 and going to about 1969. There's the lemon one. There's the isn't it so. There's a why are the wheels crooked. There's the our most expensive option is a hole in the roof. So almost every Volkswagen Beetle ad they ran kind of poked fun at the Beetle's small size and odd appearance. But in the copy, that's how they got your attention, first of all. To, they made fun of the car. So they'd say, like, why are the wheels crooked? And they show a Volkswagen Beetle lifted up off the ground with the wheel, crooked wheels. So instantly your attention is hooked. And in the small copy below it in these magazine ads, they would say that it has it's really small, so there's almost no maintenance costs. It made it very fuel efficient. It had easily replaceable parts. It was very high quality. It was very cheap. And basically, that's what all the ads did. And the for formula for like almost every single ad was like a sarcastic headline, an eye-catching image, and then you talk about how its size and shape made the car a really great car and very affordable. So this is a massively popular campaign. And from 1960 to 1973, the VW just became this like cultural icon and was just the top-selling car in the world. So for about 13 years, it was the absolute number one top-selling car in the world. So pretty cool. Here's a thought. I love it when one frame of on a social media post explains a concept. So you know how like back in the day, like you had to read a book to explain a topic or a pamphlet, um, or if, if, when the internet first came about, you'd have to read like a long blog post. But instead, there's this whole new class of just stuff that teaches you in one frame. And by simply viewing that one image, you can learn something new. So for example, this is a how to optimize an Instagram profile. It shows an Instagram profile on a phone and then has arrows pointing to each one and saying what to do. So you learn something in one frame. Uh, this was an interesting one I found. Um, explaining why planes have green and red lights, you know, on the wings, that those, those green and red lights that blink. And it shows you that if it's facing towards you, away from you, upside down, whatever, uh, this is how a plane works. And in one frame, you're like, oh, I just learned something. And then uh, here's another one, how to pick a watermelon. I don't know how to do this, and I've always been curious. And in one simple image, it just shows you which one to get and and why like you don't want a shiny one or you don't want with a big white spot, et cetera. So um, I think those are really, really cool whenever you can compress information down to essentially one Instagram square, that's pretty cool. Here's something uh, a little uplifting <laughs> on Twitter. I just proposed this new Airbnb program called Good Neighbors really sure why this hasn't been implemented yet. I guess Airbnb doesn't need to do it, but I think they would actually make more inroads in certain communities if they implemented this program. It would be a win for Airbnb, it'd be a win for the Airbnb host, and it'd be a win for the neighbor. So what it is, is Airbnb hosts can share a small cut of booking revenue with select neighbors. That's it. That's the whole, that's the whole thing. So this, this could make the neighbors happy and make your, make, you'd want more bookings for your neighbor because you'd get more money. And you could also get the neighbors to consider signing up to Airbnb. So I live next door to an Airbnb charging roughly 1200 plus per night. It's actually in summer, it's 15 or $1,600 per night. And on occasion, I experience people opening my gates and they'll trip the alarm system. I'll get like a wrong Uber Eats delivery at weird hours of the night or all these randoms parking by my house. 
And I know it seems small, but these small annoying annoyances just increasingly frustrate me since I have no control over them and I don't get any profit from it, right? So this person next door is making all the money and I just get all the downside. So that's called a negative externality when they get stuff, but I get nothing, but it inconveniences me. So the solution would be this good neighbors program that would allow my neighbor to cut me in on the action. So even a very small percentage or a few hundred bucks a month would turn my neighbor's Airbnb from an enemy into an asset. So instead of annoying me, I'd be like, hey, you know, every once in a while I get a wrong Uber Eats delivery to my house. Uh, no big deal, right? And so everyone wins. So it would be implemented like this. The, the host could select an account to share the bounty with and share option one would be a percentage booking or there could be a share set fee per new booking. So if there's 12 new guests, that means like uh, there's 12 people going in and out of the driveway and, and looking around the house, all that stuff. So you could say like you get 50 bucks per booking. So with this program, the Airbnb host wins, uh, the host, the Airbnb itself wins, the neighbors win. I hope they implement this at some point, And I think in some areas they will have to. Um, here's a picture, and this is where I work from every day. So this is my office. If you follow these stupid emails for a while, you've probably seen the progression of this. Uh, if you notice, I have a new rug, and I bought this rug from Home Depot, for those of you asking. And the reason I bought it from Home Depot, I couldn't find a rug that was 14 by 14. I do, there's just not rugs that big unless you go into like real custom rugs, and those start costing like five to $11,000. This rug was just a few hundred bucks. So um, whenever I have people to co-work, I instead sit out uh, on this table and you can see a picture over there. So I posted this on Twitter and people responded with their own workspaces and some of them were pretty awesome looking. You could take a look and see some people's workspaces that respond to that, it's pretty neat. Um, here's something interesting. Did you know you can use bullet points to create art on a page? So you probably can't see this if you're listening, but you can make a descending list out of bullet point items or you can start long and make them shorter and end in a point or you can make them go up and down. And so you can make awesome bullet points with emojis also. In fact, I use the emoji bullet almost more than normal bullet points. Um, warning, I do use it only for short sentences because if you use emoji bullet points for long sentences, they wrap around incorrectly and it's just to use an unordered bullet list in that case. So here's a drawing of some uh, name tags. And let me tell you the story. This is, this is kind of interesting. Um, this is not a paid promotion, by the way. This is because one of the most fascinating people in my life is my friend named Nick Gray. If you follow me on Instagram, you've probably seen his photo all over the place. He moved to Austin about two years ago. I originally met him in New York. And when he moved to Austin, he barely knew anyone. And within six months, this guy had a bigger network than pretty much anyone I know. And he did this by what he calls two-hour cocktail parties where everyone must wear a name tag and everyone's out of his house within about two, two and a half hours. And so look at all these pictures we've had over the years. And it's just like a small fraction. I don't know why I chose these, but these just random ones I found real quick. And... Um, it's so funny, at these parties, he always insists on name tags because it creates easier communication at his parties. And it even gives people something to talk about. And he's actually very specific on how to write name tags. And I've been guilty of a lot of these. I've done name tags at parties before, but been guilty of this. Um, he has all these rules about it. It's, it's really interesting. Now, the funny thing is Nick doesn't really fit the normal mold of a party thrower because one, he doesn't drink. Two, he doesn't like to stay out past 9.30 p.m. In fact, he's like in bed by 10 p.m. every day. And he doesn't like rowdiness or drunkiness. So it's funny to call it like a cocktail party, but in reality, people really aren't drinking too much at these parties. And this is how he met his entire network. And he wrote a book about throwing parties for people who don't normally throw parties. I can tell you that uh, if there's one person you want to know in Austin, it's Nick Gray, 
because he throws these little parties, keeps track of everyone, and then meets so many new people. And those friends meet new friends, and they're all like, oh, we met at a Nick Gray party. And people are like, who's Nick Gray? And then they get introduced to Nick Gray. It's just this, prof- not some self-fulfilling prophecy, but it's just this uh, cycle that happens, and you just know so many people now. It's crazy. So uh, here's his book. Check it out. I personally use all his tactics. He talks about using name tags. He talks about doing icebreakers, like just like real quick icebreakers. A funny thing he does, and he brings this everywhere, he uses what he calls a party harmonica. <laughs> so if he's doing an icebreaker with 20 people, you, you can't have someone spending three minutes talking about themselves. You got to, you know, bam, 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 a couple seconds each, right? So someone starts saying, hi, I'm Stacy, and nice to live in New York. Well, actually, I grew up in Connecticut, but, you know, blah, blah. And he just, he he blows the harmonica very softly. He goes, it's kind of like the Oscars. It's like, hey, wrap it up. Let, let, let's move on. And people get the hint without him interrupting and be like, okay, hurry up. It's not abrupt. So uh, I would say, say, just check this out. It's called the two-hour cocktail party, how to build big relationships with small gatherings. His goal this year is to help 500 people host a two-hour party. And I think he's already done like something like 20 or 30 already. He just released the book. It's pretty awesome. All these people we know are using this uh, method to throw like these small, like little casual gatherings on a normal weekday, like a Tuesday or Wednesday. Uh, people are in and out really quick. Uh, people aren't like wasted or anything. So, you know, you can actually talk to people. It's really nice. I was just checking some of it out. Anyways, hope you enjoy these little tidbits. Hope you have a happy Friday. And by the way, uh, do you know that Q3 and Q4 are coming? Uh, H2 is upon us. That means the yearly part, the second part of the year is upon us. Yes. You know what you might want to do? Sign up for copywriting course. Why? Because, well, as you may know, the economy is not super hot. And what everyone's going to do in a recession, I've seen this twice in my lifetime, is everyone starts doubling down on what they already have. Um, A good book to read would be Jay Abraham's Getting Everything You Can Out of All You've Got. I've always loved that title. And it's so apt in a time like this that, you know, if everything slows down a little bit and people get a little bit tighter with their wallets, what you're going to want to do is make sure that everything you have already is optimized. So if you have a business going, if you have a freelance company or an agency, you should tighten up all those different pages, tighten up your form, tighten up your pricing so that you can kind of uh, weather the storm and in fact come out stronger after the storm by having good fundamentals on your business. So join Copywriting Course right now. Fantastic time to buy it right now. Um, end of Q2. And my name is Neville Medora. I hope to see you inside. And this has been the stupid email for Friday, June 24th, 2022. I will talk to you later.